0: We are live. Good evening from the capital of Albania, Tirana, Albania. My name is Stephanie Fuccio, and I am the producer, host, and podcast editor for Geopats Podcasting. This is for the Global Women Podcast Editors panel which has a name which is entirely too long and if you have any ideas on how to shorten that for future panels please do let me know (laughs) i'm going to give you some information on the panel the panels that are happening this month first then we'll dive into a little bit about me then about all of our panelists and then we'll go into these super meaty questions about our podcast editing yay let's do this so this all actually started organically with my own experiences in uh, female podcast editing groups, specifically uh, Just Busters over on Facebook. And then I started to investigate other groups. And then I wrote an article about it. And the conversations kept going and going and going. And I wanted to have them on a different platform, not just in paper or in forums. So here we are. This is the third panel. We have four this month. They're all on Tuesdays. But because of our lovely global guests, uh, they are different times of the day. Um, yep. Yeah, and this is the third one of... For. You can go to stefffuccio.com forward slash podcasting, and you can find all of the information on all of the panelists, all of the times, as well as the tickets, the free tickets that you can get to, to be reminded when we start. Because time zones, time zones hurt. <laughs> All right, so um, a little bit about me. I am a podcaster of four years, but I have only started taking podcast editing pretty seriously for the past year. I was kind of a sloppy editor or more of a content editor for the other three years. And then I started to accidentally, yay COVID, uh, do some podcast editing for clients last year. And I'm still doing it now. Um, <clears throat> I have also gone down a very big doll rabbit hole, um, asking far too many people, can you show me that? What's that like? What, what, how, can we do that on your DAW? Blah, blah, blah. And that has led to a podcast editing newsletter, which is available every Thursday. Again, you can sign up at stephfuccio.com. <laughs> but that's enough about me and the event. Let's, let's find out more about our panelists. Anne, can you start us off?
1: Sure. Uh, My name is Ann Sloan. I'm the editor and the writer producer of a show called the Carlotta Botox Chronicles, which is a fiction audio podcast, a comedy. Um, I am based in Los Angeles. I've been doing this show since 2019 and we just finished our third season. So I've only been doing audio podcast editing for two years, but my background is a video editor. So editing wasn't a completely foreign thing to me. Obviously, there's video and audio when you're a video editor. Um, but I made the transition to only audio two years ago.
2: So I'm Jana Anmarash I'm based in Amsterdam. Uh, I'm originally from Turkey. And I have started doing podcasting in 2017 when with my dear close friend, Laura Pana. We had so many exciting conversations about lots of things we care about, and we decided to launch a podcast called "Not Loud Enough." And because we were just the two of us, and I'm the one who had most uh, skills, let's say, with uh, technical uh, technical things, because I love um, I love playing around, I love learning, so I just taught myself uh, audio editing, and uh, yes, and I'm interested in telling stories. So whatever tools I can use to tell stories, I will do so, and. Audio editing is a wonderful way to do so.
3: Hi, Shannon Perry. Uh, I am the writer, producer, editor uh, of Oz9, which is a silly, very silly science fiction comedy. Let's see. I've been doing audio for about five years, I think. I, some professionally as a part of my job as a content wrangler for different places. And now uh, professionally on my own, I just launched my own business doing podcast production. So,
0: so, my favorite question, what type of editing do you enjoy doing most? Oh, ha ha ha, ha. Who, Anybody want to start?
3: <laughs> uh, I'll start very quickly. I like the editing when I'm right at the end of an episode. <laughs> Usually if you catch me in the thick of it, I'll scream and cry. <laughs> but uh, I actually do really like editing uh, Oz9. There, it's a it's a bit of a challenge. We have twelve actors in different places. Sometimes even more if we have some some add on folks jumping aboard. Um, so it's it, challenging because it can be twelve tracks coming in separately, and then you have to kind of wrangle them all together onto one uh, one reasonably cohesive piece. Fortunately, Oz 9 is not terribly cohesive, so that gives me some latitude. But yeah, I enjoyed that.
1: With a fiction podcast, we, it, there's different elements. One of them is dialogue, the actors acting, the characters talking. That's the dialogue pass. Then there's sound effects and music. I hate doing the dialogue pass, which is just stringing the actors together. It's, it just feels like a chore to me. Um, and, and, but, so I do that first. And once that's out of the way, the thing I really love doing is the sound design. Um, just mixing and sound effects, and then with that is I use a lot of music in my show. So there's a lot of music editing to punctuate um, the comedy, and those are the two things I really like to do: the sound effects, sound design, and the music.
2: Yeah, so for me, it's it's easier because it's usually conversations, and sometimes we have also guests. So I usually have up to four tracks. Uh, I do I do like working right after the episode is done, and one I what I realize is since we started scripting the episodes it's of course much more easy so that I love the time when we used to not script the episodes it was a nightmare to edit I would spend like 12 hours editing one episode and I used to hate that now that we're scripting it works really well interviews flows really well so I really enjoy the whole process when when we script it
3: Anne, uh, so you do yours in multiple passes. I, I tend to do the sound effects as I'm
1: going so I know how long I need.
3: How does that work? Sometimes I do that.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm speaking generally, I'll do a dialogue pass, but if there is a section of dialogue that's dependent on uh, sound happening, I will switch over, throw in some sound effects just for timing and then go back to the dialogue pass. So it, it is like a little bit of mostly this and then I, I skip around, but I try to keep, I try to get the dialogue pass locked, but it will switch. It will change as the edit goes on. Sure.
0: So a dialogue pass, is that like a crosstalk talk pe- where you're just like aligning them? Or are you doing something else with that?
1: A uh, dialogue pass, because I have a script. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, this character talks and then that. And we we don't record our show in sequence. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's it's kind of shot. I say shot. Listen to me. <laughs> It's recorded the way a movie is shot. We do it out of se- mm-hmm. out of sequence, yeah. and so I have these two edit- these two actors here. They do their all of their scenes, even though it's not linear. And then they go away, and then I work with these three actors. This is when we're going to a studio. I'm talking the pre-COVID times, the before times. <laughs> Last year it was a it was the Wild West. So because we are recording out of sequence, I have to I get tons of different files of different actors and then i have to piece them together and i follow the script and so that's the dialogue pass it's they're not it's we're not recording it top to bottom like a a play would be in sequence that would be wonderful we don't do it that
0: way gotcha (laughs) gotcha well quick shout out to maldovin abroad is the the username of the of Daniela, who's in Moldova, thus Moldovan abroad. <laughs> and she was saying, yay, thank you so much for being here. So on and so on and so on and so on. Thank you. Okay, for me, I think I, I, I not disagree, but I have a very different answer and I'm slightly surprised than all of you. <laughs> I also do mostly interviews, both for myself and for clients. And I that last hour or two, I hate. That's usually when I put like... Uh, Top and tail is a phrase for some reason I don't like, but it, I put the intro, I do use transition music <laughs> and the outro and the show notes and all that stuff, and I hate it. It is like pulling teeth for me. I absolutely can't stand it. The first pass, I do a crosstalk pass, and I love that one because that's just, it's usually been a week or two since I've heard the interview, and yeah. I, I, I'm i like, ah, oh, I'm re-energized by the conversation, and I get all these ideas of what I could do with it before it's published, blah, blah, blah. So I really like that first one, but by the time I get... To the last pass, I'm thoroughly exhausted with the conversation and I want it to just be out and through the world.
2: <laughs> I want to add something. Do, do you sometimes also have what, what I have after a conversation? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're, you're not sure yeah. how it went and you're afraid to listen. Yeah. You're afraid to go back to the edit. Do you have that block? Sometimes I have that block and it takes me at some time to get back yeah. to it because I'm so afraid it was absolutely wrong, all no. wrong and no. we did this for nothing. <laughs> I so, need, uh, you yeah. know. So I'm not the only
3: one. Yeah, yeah We do. Yeah. My edit takes a, long, a while, too, because we do we do a read through all together, but we don't record in the read through. And then everybody goes out separately and records on, on their own. And they'll do three, four, if, if you're Bonnie, five, six, seven <laughs> takes of a line. And then I have to go through and choose, which is which is great. But it's kind of like okay, now I got to go back and listen to that one to make sure that these two that I've chosen fit together. And and my act, I love I love my cast; they're awesome. But they give me like five brilliant takes, and it's like, you know, I want to do three versions of the episode because I they we could do this scene sad, we could do it happy, we could do it surprised. <laughs> you know, it's like ah, it's it's brilliant. And what's really fun is to listen to the between the lines. When the actors are just like, oh, I can't believe I screwed that up, like, you know, <laughs> or they burp or something. And then it's like, oh, excuse me, sorry, the microphone's still running, you know, it's, like, it's just that part's actually really awesome. Do you do outtakes of those? I, I will. I'm collecting them in a very large pile now after nearly three full seasons. So
2: sometimes I include those kind of things into the you know as a secret uh, if, if people are <laughs> yes. really good listeners they can hear in the end or somewhere else. exactly Funny I just exactly. Add it there.
3: <laughs> yeah there's one there's one episode I can't even remember which one it is now but if you go all the way to the end of the credits and the music you hear Sarah Golding burp and then say excuse excuse me <laughs> It's just <laughs> hilarious.
0: Love it. I love stuff like that so much. Like I used to cringe when I heard the different sounds and things that I would do during an interview. And then I was like, nah, forget it. Those Everybody's doing those. That's fine. Exactly. They're mm-hmm. actually funny exactly. now because mm-hmm. I realize it's not just me, which is great. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I actually sent a note to the woman who runs Zencaster and said, uh, I was on mute, but of course, I'm still recording, right? even when you're, did that burp just get recorded? <laughs> and she's like, I'm not really sure. <laughs> Let me check the records.
0: That's funny. Oh, wow. Was it recorded?
3: She hasn't gotten back to me. yet. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> so
3: either she doesn't know or she's like horribly appalled by me and doesn't want to talk to me. <laughs> is
0: like, best question this month. Did
3: the burp get recorded? <laughs> and I said, you know, it's kind of a privacy issue. Yeah. <laughs> What if I were discussing my (laughs) medical history rather than, you know, just making (laughs) obnoxious noises?
0: Oh, my goodness. Okay, so we jumped into talking about editing, but we haven't talked about DAWs yet. So what DAW or DAWs or what tools do you use? Because that's kind of the bigger umbrella, right? Because there's more than just DAWs. So, Jenna, can you start us off? What What tools do you use to edit?
2: Well, I'm very simple because I'm a newbie. I'm just going to say it out there. I really, I'm still learning and I use GarageBand. And I did try, for instance, um, Adobe's Audition. I got so scared. I immediately closed it off when I saw all this. But GarageBand for me works really well because it's simple and I can use it very easily. I know there are plenty of other tools out there, but right now um, it helps me and I, I'm still learning. And uh, yeah, recording. So I always ask everyone to record their own track. That I always do. And usually everybody, uh, so far everybody I've talked to, interviewed, have also uh, Apple. So they do have GarageBand. So I do ask them to record on GarageBand. I once used Zoom, uh, Zoom call. And yeah, that was not so bad. You know, the the, the quality was actually, it was okay. But I always prefer to have the individual tracks. And then I would edit in, in GarageBand.
3: And then lots of coffee.
2: Of course, <laughs> yeah. essential oh, yeah. tool.
1: <laughs> yes,
3: <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> balance the coffee and the wine. That's the
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm using Adobe Premiere. That thing I said about being a video editor. I <laughs> that's what I was working on, and I had worked on other um, video programs through my career, Avid and Final Cut, and then finally Adobe Premiere. So when I started the podcast, it was partially laziness. I did not want to learn a new, um, program. I had, uh, looked into uh, Adobe Audition and I was like, I can figure this out, but why should I? Uh, Adobe Premiere has an essential sound package, I guess, of filters. It seemed like it had everything I needed and I didn't want to reinvent the wheel. So I stuck with that. And then last year In the COVID times, when life got much more difficult and I did have to have all my actors recording at home and the the quality of the files was vastly different than going to a studio where it was all I had an engineer just ensuring everything sounded the same. Last year, I did open I did purchase or licensed, I guess audition because it did have more flexibility and so I would edit in Premiere but if I had a tricky particularly noisy track from an actor I went into audition and cleaned it up did what I could and then imported it back to Premiere that's the beauty of those Adobe products you can just switch back and forth but since since I finished my season and I'm hoping next season we can be back in the studio I have uh, I'm back on Premiere completely and I hope that sticks Like, Anne, I started out in
3: Adobe Premiere, and it served me very well for a long time. And then I signed up for a a certificate course at the University of Washington here on audio production. And they were very adamant about us using Pro Tools. And I resisted and resisted and resisted and finally caved. And now I actually really do like it. Uh, I especially like it because it accepts the isotope, um plugins for noise reduction and some of the de and de-hissing and de-humming and all the d's that you need to do so it's it's actually quite flexible and I like it it you know once again it's like ah, taking on another learning curve but it's you know and I plus I go to my professor and Jason <laughs> how do I do this <laughs> so it's nice to have that it is it's extremely helpful
1: Yeah, Pro Tools is definitely what, you know, a broadcast network is going to use. It's super, super professional. When I used to work in commercials and in TV promos, we would do our cut on. Avid or, or Premiere. And you do, you put all the elements in, you put the sound effect in the music, the video, the, you know, all your dialogue, whatever is going to be in the promo. But then it got sent to sweetening, which was the fancy mixers. And they always use Pro Tools. So they're I think on a professional level, they're going to want something like that. Um, i should look into pro tools maybe we'll have to talk
3: yeah it yeah please because you're very experienced and it would be great to have somebody who knows what they're doing i don't though but we can talk about that later (laughs) (laughs) i'm trial and error one of the best things i've discovered and i think everybody's probably discovered this before i did but the the nerds of youtube are the best human beings like they are out there generously giving their skills and their time to show you how to do stuff for no other credit than that you just watched them do it. And it's fantastic. And thank you. Thank you to all the people who shared. Because I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. That way.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's really, really, really true. I'm curious about Pro Tools. I've, I've only seen one uh, tutorial on Pro Tools a few weeks ago. And it looks similar to Adobe Audition for me. So I'm curious, the biggest difference between the two, does it does it clean up the audio better?
3: I'm not that familiar with Audition, to be honest. Okay. Um, I always stuck with Premiere because I did the same as John. And as soon as I looked at Audition, I was like, ah, no, click, out. <laughs> That's not happening. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it does It does a really nice job of cleaning up. In fact, I will say that my instructor likes Pro Tools better, and he also does video editing. He, as a For the audio portion of it, he exports to Pro Tools and then back into Premiere. So... And they do; they move back and forth pretty neatly, so it's it's not a problem.
0: Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Wow. Well, I started on Audacity, um, which, with garage, with as with GarageBand, is one of the more popular ones that a lot of podcasters kind of default to first, Mm -hmm. and stayed there for years because it it does stuff. Um, And then last year, when I started to do this, I wanted a a little more seriously. I started to do. um, I started to play with Audition, and I, I. had the same reaction, John, on that you had, but I made myself a challenge and I made myself blog for 30 days on LinkedIn about learning audition. And I pushed through and I played with my files, not my client's files. And I played on an audition and I tried out different things, but there's so much in there. And I, I, I felt like I didn't have the time to get fully in there. And then about a month ago, I started experimenting with Hindenburg, and I'm kind of settling with him with that for now. The clipboard and the uh, the auto leveling are my friends. The waveform is not, but I've talked about this ad nauseum this month already. But so I'm I'm kind of kind of using three right now, which is ridiculous, and my computer hates me. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah. I have a question, and this might be jumping ahead a little bit, but how how do people move files around? My, one of my biggest concerns or issues is dealing with really gigantic files. You know, WeTransfer is nice, Google Drive is nice, Dropbox is nice, but they're all a bit slow, especially with wave files, which tend to be really big. And I'm just curious how other people are handling that.
0: Uh, I'm probably the worst for that because I only have like two, three checks the most, and... The one, the more people I have, the less time there usually is in an interview. So um, <laughs> I, I use Google Drive and I have like six different Gmail accounts. So I have lots mm-hmm. of space to, to move things around. Nice. Yeah.
1: We and were Jenna? using WeTransfer when my engineer um, would finish the, the recorded files. He'd send them to me by WeTransfer. That worked. And then last year when I had all the actors recording at home, I think they used uh, mostly WeTransfer. I'm pretty sure. It seemed like it worked OK for us. Yeah, I use we,
2: we and Dropbox mostly. It depends, yeah. And it works fine. But again, I'm not dealing like with immense amount of files, so it's a few a few couple of interviews and yeah.
0: I've heard some folks say that that Dropbox might alter the sound, but I don't generally use it, so I'm not oh. quite sure. They said that with Google Drive it was okay, we transfer was okay, but they noticed some issues with um, with Dropbox. And I do not have the information on that. I'm just wondering if any of you have noticed no.
3: that. Yeah. I, okay. I do know that if you stream from Dropbox, it doesn't work as well. You have, you have to actually to download, download it. it. Sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that might be what some people are con- concerned with.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. I didn't even know you could. I've I've gotten so out of the habit of using it. I was, I, well, I was in China. I The first three years of my podcasting, I was in China. So we, everything, we chat, we transfer. That's what I, I used all of that stuff. Cause it was just easier mm. not to fight the firewall. So, fair. Yeah. All right. So, ooh, we can do some screen time now. The next question <laughs> is about efficiency, which is where everybody hides. How do you make your podcast editing more efficient? Dun dun dun. <gasps> And I think that means... Okay. Was- <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy,
1: oh, boy. Um, I would say, yeah, I definitely have a. There's, I keep going back to COVID. We had the pre-COVID and then the post-COVID time. So I'm going to talk about the pre-COVID. Because we were recording in a studio, um, like I said before, uh, I was recording all the actors separately. Um, there was a massive amount of files. The guy who was my engineer was labeling them... Um, so he would say, for example, Carlotta's, he would say Carlotta page two, Carlotta page four. So he was organizing material for me. And so the, what makes, for me, what makes the edit efficient is what actually happens before the edit. It's kind of like the pre-production. He was doing that. It was brilliant. I could just kind of what I call stringing beads. I just get these, I know where all the files are and I know where they have to go in the timeline. Inside the timeline, when I'm in... Um, Premiere. And I think most platforms can do this. You can color code a file with a label. So each character got their own color and then sound effects got their own color. Music got its own color. So when I lay it out on the timeline, I can visually see, oh, that's that's Carlotta. That's a sound effect. And then I organize the tracks that way. So that's kind of what I do. Most of it is in pre-edit is the efficiency that that speeds things up for me so I don't have to go hunting. So here's my track and you can see, you're seeing the green at the top. Uh, That's my main character, all these rainbow colored, these are all different actors. The preponderance (laughs) you will see is this, not teal, it's this iris blue. Those are all sound effects. And I'm gonna open that up a little bit. So there's all dress shoe, uh, you know, angry crowd. This was the um, a, a riot scene. So I have lots and lots of angry crowd. So all of that teal blue are sound effects. Not teal blue, the iris blue. The teal, these things here, these are all music. So I'll show you. I'll broaden that out again. So there's quite a bit of that teal color because I do use music a lot in my um, in my show. It's kind of music almost throughout the entire show and then these other things like I said are actors I put the characters at the top sound effects in the middle and then music at the bottom it's almost a 20 minute edit there this was my I think my longest episode this was the finale of season three so there's generally I have 13 tracks that's kind of typical for and I mean I suppose there in there's places you can see there's there's no edits I can move things up but I do like to keep the music grouped The sound effects group, just so my eye, when I look at this, I know where the music is. Like, oh, these bottom tracks have music in them. So I mean, the edit, the edit itself. okay uh, I've been doing it three years, so I tend to use the same music at uh, episode to episode. So that's I would say the first episode of the first season probably took three weeks to edit because I was sourcing sound effects and sourcing music. But once I got bins of sound effects, um, I use a lot of the same stuff episode to episode. So this episode, the dialogue pass, which are all the actors probably took a week. Um, not a week. It took a full day. Sound design takes about two days and music can take another day. So that's four days. And then I have a day or two of tweak, 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 re-edit, re-edit. Um, and then there's the mix. So, you know, that's another day. So I would say this episode probably took about a week and a half. And that's cool. That's quicker. I was a lot slower when I first started, but, you know, I've seen, I've seen people who do like 40 tracks, you know, and, and like when I was saying that my background is video and I was working as a promo producer, I, I wasn't a Finnish editor. The Finnish editors are the guys who are doing the trail, you know, they're doing trailers. They'll have 40 or 60 tracks of sound effects. It's insane. I don't know how you know. So I would send them over a a timeline with maybe twenty tracks, and then they're adding all kinds of things to it. So this to me is kind of manageable, even though it looks like a
0: lot. But it does look like a lot. We have a quick question, just to double check. We have a this. Sorry, I'm I'm excited. We got a question from the chat room. Um, And just to double check, this is Premiere that you're in right now. This is Premiere. Okay. And is Premiere in Adobe? It's a, okay, yeah, an Adobe it's product. A yeah. Okay. Um, do you utilize a lot of effects and automation?
1: Yes. I have, they have up here in audio, you can see all this stuff, right? So did you see how that changed? So this thing over here on the right says dialogue. If I have a track of say Carlotta and I, she's on the phone, I'll click dialogue and then it'll come up here to, no, I'm not going to be able to do it. Um, presets. You ha- so from the telephone, from the television, uh, balanced female voice. Or if I have a if I have a scene where two characters are in a big room, it's a big echoey room, and I want her to be close, and the person she's talking to be way over there, I'll put her. Um, I might add this make close up. It'll make her sound intimate and close to us, like the mic is close to us. And then for him, the person she's talking to, make distance. So he's it gives the impression of being way over there. You can do this stuff, if you're a really gifted sound designer, you can do this stuff on your own with uh, modulation and EQ. I am not that kind of editor. I don't know how to do that stuff. So I rely very heavily on presets. And then you can also go in and tweak, but that's that's why I think we should also later talk about experience because I don't find myself to be a technical editor. I rely on presets a lot.
0: There is a technicalness to what you're doing here. It's just not as nitty-gritty changing the numbers to get the sound right kind of Exactly. I can't
1: talk about yeah. 15, minus 15, luffs, oh, yeah, no. or blah, blah, blah. I don't know what that we is. We will get to I that. We
0: will get to that. I don't know <laughs> what that
1: is. So I'm going to go back to my editing.
3: Yeah, that's the... Gotcha. Okay, so this is Pro Tools. And this is a recent episode. Um, I'll show you the whole episode. Well, I got to make sure my I'm on that screen. So there's the whole thing in Tiny Tiny. Um, But, yeah, so I have, obviously, this many tracks. Here's my ambient bridge sound. So I have – I like scenes that take place on the bridge. So we were talking about efficiency. Uh, I tend to create an ambient track. Like, this greenhouse has the sounds – oh, I love that about my Mac, my Mac – This has the sounds of like a sprinkler and a fan and the occasional rustle of leaves. You can see these little spikes here. I went in and created that ambient sound so that I don't have to recreate it every time my characters are back in the greenhouse. I can just go lay in that track that has all those different pieces already compiled. I tend to do about a 20-minute piece because that gives me a nice long time where I don't have to repeat, 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 repeat that set of sounds. And so it's just more efficient. Same with the bridge. A lot of tinkling and pinkling noises and things happening. You know, it's a we're on a ship <laughs> and we have a greenhouse. It's a long story. It's fifty six episodes of a long story is what it is. But yeah, so um, the nice thing about uh, Pro Tools is it automatically rainbows your characters and your tracks. So these colors are automatic. You don't have to go in and hit the label button, which is kind of nice. I do miss I do miss those presets, but we have like inserts here where you can add um, effects to the. To the clips themselves, so uh, the I haven't quite figured out how to do the presets like Anne was showing. Um, they there there are some available, but it's a lot more technical. Here you're doing the EQ, the compression, the you know low pass filter, high pass filter, that kind of stuff. So it's a bit more technical. So I'm I'm still learning this this process. So like here's all the narrator talking, and then these things are characters cut in. Um, I tend to take I tend to do my edit. All at once. I'm not one of those people who can like work on a project for a couple of wow. hours, then go away and then come back to it. So I do wow. these like epic overnight sessions, <laughs> wow. which is just dumb. Don't do that. Don't do that. So, uh, does anybody have any questions of what I'm oh, showing it's here? interesting. I, it looks, uh, oh, sorry. Probably not handling this question terribly It well,
1: looks but- a little bit like, you know, GarageBand or Audition, the way the tracks are. It's interesting. I mean, I, I definitely want to learn this style of DAW.
3: Yeah, I like it. I'm not as efficient as I'd like to be, obviously. I'm still learning, but I'm I'm gaining more efficiency as I get there. And that's the nice thing about the program is once you sort of figure out the shortcuts, cuz there's keyboard shortcuts, there's ways to drag in these clips over here from the side so you can reuse a piece. Things like that are really um do help with the efficiency. So learning learning properly, I would suggest not doing the method that I have done, which is basically cobbling together some knowledge from here and there and there and there. But taking a proper class in the DAW, I think, is just, it'll save you so much frustration and time. I would suggest pick a DAW, like a Pro Tools or Premiere or whatever, take a couple of classes, learn how to do the hands-on tech stuff and really master it to save yourself the time.
1: Yeah, I think that's smart because I think it's like anything. If you learn on your own and you're not doing it right, you learn inefficient ways or (laughs) doing it wrong. And then it's really hard to break.
2: Yeah. Exactly. exactly. So, it's exactly what I've been yeah. through, actually. It's good that we, we you mentioned this, because because I learn on my own. I also ha- had some very bad habits, let's say, you know, when I edit, yeah. which I need to unlearn now. I am unlearning those. But I also want to say yes. that it's also because there's an urgency in what we want to do, you know. Why do we start doing it on your own? Because there's an urgency to tell a story. We want to yes. tell the story. We want to share the conversation. Absolutely. So we just go right in. And then even if the edit is not perfect in the beginning we like at least the story is out there so that's how for me that's how it started and I imagine many people who will listen to us who are listening now maybe feel the same and this is also one of the reasons mm-hmm. why I wanted to be on the panel with you and to show that there's a lot of value in learning from each other this solidarity among you know yes. especially women uh, editor podcasters and this is where I get the energy even if my work Right now, as an editor, it's not perfect. It's far from perfect, but it's a process and learning. And I think looking at your processes, you know how what you just showed, for me, it's very inspiring and I want to get better at this. So what you said, Shannon, is really important, really. Like if we want to learn, it's good to take a class. It will save a lot of people, lots of headaches, I think. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah,
3: Yeah. definitely learning from people who've been there, done that is is a is a as an improvement and I will say now that one of the great things about the audio fiction community is that people are really generous about your first few episodes like I had people sending me messages like um did you know you can only hear your episode out of one ear <laughs> you know it's oh, like no. oh <laughs> might need to go fix that <laughs> didn't really know how to fix it until several episodes in we got it fixed and then I had to go back and repair the first three or four but people are really nice about You know, just giving you a little bit of a break on those first handful of episodes, because they know you're finding your feet, your characters are finding their feet, you know, it's, it's, so don't be afraid to, even if you don't have the skills, don't be afraid to go ahead and start. Yeah, Yeah. just Just, experiment. Just pick them up as you get there. Experiment.
1: And I think Janan picked up the thing that gets under-emphasized in our... Um, industry or or this platform is storytelling. Whether you're telling a fiction or nonfiction story, uh, a fiction yes. thing is like, obviously there's a story, there's a script that you're following, but nonfiction, it is still about storytelling. So yes. if you have, a, if you can have the slickest sounding podcast, but if the story is not compelling or interesting, no one's going to care. But if you have a fantastic story, whether it's done in an interview or just you riffing into a mic, whatever it is, if there are hiccups in the tech, no one's going to care. Or they're right. going to be, as Shannon that's says, so they're going to be forgiving. Yeah.
3: yeah, that is so true. And that's, you know, it's so funny now as a professional podcaster for clients, my, you know, I occasionally come across people who are like, I sell insurance. It's not interesting. It's like, no, you don't understand. If we get to that story, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't care. You can be making yak butter. Like, I don't... It's something that is completely unrelated to my life. And I will sit and listen to it if it's a compelling story. I'm never going to go over Niagara Falls in a life jacket, right? But who hasn't been compelled to listen to that story mm-hmm. when it when it comes across the radio It's like amazing
0: exactly exactly i listen to some business podcasts and i'm not at all into business exactly. but the people they bring on and the way they approach it it's almost like sociological kind of thing and the yes, the interaction exactly. between them that's the spark for me is that engagement and that's amazing yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Anything can be interesting as long as you've got the passion and the knowledge and a little bit of help with the storytelling. Yeah. It's going to be good.
0: Exactly. exactly. And in the
3: end, we're creating
0: a
2: community also. You know, that's what you mm-hmm. said about the listeners. They're kind. They, they, you know, they're there for us. So we're creating a community. Yeah.
0: yeah. 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 Um, my efficiency comes in passes. I... I need, it's sort of like writing. When I write, I, I write really fast and things come out and then I have to walk away, think about it, even though I pretend I'm not thinking about it. And then I come back and I edit or I add something <laughs> else. I do the same thing with my editing. And so I'll do like half an hour, an hour, not usually an hour. I'll do like half an hour of like really paying attention to it and then I'll save it and I'll walk away and I'll come back. So I, I tend to do like a crosstalk pass first, then I'll come back and I'll do a content pass and then I'll come back and I'll listen again. And then if I'm still iffy on my notes, look a little weird, I'll come back and I'll listen again. I spend a ridiculous amount of time on like a 45 minute interview with two people. But I love menu- like rearranging the parts of the mm-hmm. of the interview mm-hmm. to build up to something.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I think it's
3: kind of fun. Yeah. Can I give a shout out to this book? Actually, I was just noticing that um, out on the wire Ooh. about the storytelling secrets of the New Masters Radio. Mm-hmm. It's mostly about like NPR. Yeah. I would mm-hmm. strongly it's suggest cool. everybody grab a copy of that if they want to Very do it's cool. all about storytelling. It's actually a graphic novel. Oh nice.
1: Really? Wow.
3: Yeah. Oh, that's so it's so cool. it's but it's I love it. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's really, really good. So I would recommend it to anybody. Yeah, Thank you for letting good. me make that little shout out because it's such a good book.
0: It's awesome. I'll even put that in the show notes. Yes.
3: Awesome.
2: <laughs> just wanted to add about efficiency. and you also mentioned it. It's like pre-production. I mean, scripting, preparing, all that is for me. That's what saves me most time. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I was just noticing the question in the comments, and I don't think I'm seeing all the comments, so I'm sorry if I'm uh, no, ignoring it. people. But this saying that the guest was playing with her hair in the microphone and you can hear it yeah. things like that man that's oh, that's a tough yeah. one I don't mm-hmm. know if anybody has any suggestions for this person that's one of those things you just try and catch it before yeah. it happens yeah. or I tell or stop them it and before
2: the... I mean when I have a guest on the podcast I have a list of things I ask them to try not to do like this on the
3: table or <laughs>
2: right, <laughs> right very loudly yeah the the hair on papers the, on the mic all this, uh, yeah, I have a list of mm-hmm. such things, yeah, which yeah. I
0: sent them before we record. Yeah. <laughs> Worst case yeah. scenario, separate tracks, so you can at least silence it when they're not talking. Mm. But yeah, sometimes, it took me a while to find on, on one of uh, the tracks that I was editing, there was this high-pitched metal sound and I have dog ears sometimes and I could hear anyth- any electrical sound I can hear it. And I was like, what is that sound? What is that sound? And we finally figured out it was the earring hitting the phone that she was recording on and I'm like are you kidding me (laughs) yeah
3: that's one of those things it's really tough to 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 stop a conversation and say let's fix this but you really need to because if it bugs you it's going to bug the audience too and they might not be aware of it but something's just not something's just bugging them so I think it's up to us to be really careful to say okay can we stop there's a buzz there's a click it's your neighbor's using their water and it sounds like you're talking on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> like weird things like that. Yeah. I mean, for this hair thing, uh, I would recommend uh, Isotope. Um, their RX Elements is usually either f- quite cheap or you can sometimes get a, um, a free preview. Um, and that does a great job of clearing up a lot of noise, especially if you can isolate that noise and, and click the learn button. It'll hear that noise and it can go in and mm-hmm. kind of exit it out. So I would check Isotope. Uh, I-Z-O-T-O-P-E. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E. There are X elements Yeah, thank you, cool. Steph. Spelled it wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's spelled with a Z, but...
0: Uh. I can't spell without my glasses on, and I'm, <laughs> I'm <laughs> sick of that glare. I can't... Oh, not, yeah, I'm not going to go into... Video. Video is so much harder, and I have such respect for you coming from audio, from video into audio. Um, I think video is so much harder.
1: Yeah, the I weird thing is, I would say, this, is a, this might be a little mind-blowing for people, but on a promo or a trailer, mm-hmm. there are... Far There's far more going on in the audio tracks than there is in the video. Video is usually mm-hmm. one or two. There might be some dissolving. But the audio tracks on a video project that's a trailer especially are insane. It's just mm-hmm. fascinating to me. Wow. And so most that's- of the video editors that are working wow. on trailers or TV promos are fantastic sound designers. Mm-hmm. And you just don't think of it that way. So, Yeah.
0: Well, I can't believe how fast time is going, but we are not going to skip this last question at all ever. So we, we've we've touched on it a few times already. Like, what is an experienced editor? What like the the different layers of what an ed- podcast editor could be? What kind of experience it is? I don't know where the question is and what I'm saying. But what is what is an experienced editor?
3: I also want to make the distinction between an editor and a producer because yeah. I'm, I'm coming to realize that those are two different mm. things. Mm-hmm. So. If somebody else wants to speak to that first, but I also want to throw that in at some point.
2: Yeah, no, it's a good distinction. But in my case, I'm doing everything. So, I mean, right. I'm the <laughs> creator, I'm the co-producer, I'm the editor. Uh, so, yeah, but that's because I'm doing things a bit uh, in, we're independent. So if I was working in a, with a media broadcasting company, that, w- that would be completely different. So I'm really talking from an independent uh, perspective. Uh, yeah. what makes uh, experience it's just doing it I mean the more I do the more I learn the better I hope I get at it but uh, yeah that's that's the experience and trying to learn new tools all the time I think that's what will add to the experience mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. accept that's not it will yeah it's it's a learning process so for me that's what experience means and I'm trying not to be afraid mm-hmm. of technical terms. And again, that's why I, I love that we speak about this, because that can really scare people off. The technical terms, the tools, if we don't know what we're talking about, and then that shouldn't stop us from telling stories. So that's mm-hmm. a bit my point yeah. of view.
1: In my old career, I was, I started as a writer, producer, and I was forced <laughs> Because they were trying to save money to learn how to edit, so I never, I never started as an editor. I started as a writer producer, so I always felt like I was a little bit behind the eight ball in terms of technical stuff. I just winged it. I learned enough. I was trained enough, but I could never ver- uh, converse with an experienced editor on. Anything technical. And yet, mm-hmm. you know, I, I realize it's instinct. Does the thing, you listen to the thing. Does the thing sound hinky? What's wrong with it? How do I fix that thing that sounds hinky? That And hinky is a non-technical term. So, <laughs> you know, you can't, so, so I always feel like I'm, I, <laughs> I love if that. I get into a conversation with an editor and they say like, well, what is your blah, blah, blah? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I just keep listening until it sounds right. So, so. I assume I'm an experienced podcast editor even though I'm not experienced in technical. So there's different ways to define experience. Yeah, you just sure. have to listen. You really have to listen closely to things. And if you're if you're editing a um you know, mm-hmm. just an interview show and you hear mouth clicks or pops, that's going to it's going to sound wrong. So fix it. Mm-hmm. And and that's mm-hmm. instinct. You don't need instinct. You don't need to know anything technical mm-hmm. about that. I agree. Yeah. So, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's funny in this this world that I'm now moving in. People are talking about oh, I use the AR forty six forty two for that. I use the DZ, and they're talking about microphones. And I'm like, I use this thing. Like, <laughs> I know, but it's you know, it's all scale, right? When when we're like, hey, Blue Yeti or whatever, and people are like, wow, you know everything. It's like, yeah, I know Blue Yeti, like you know. <laughs> so it's always there's always. <laughs> <laughs> there's always the next person who knows exponentially more than you do, and there always will be, right? And that's okay. It's it's just a matter of getting in, getting your hands dirty, so to speak. Um, and people are extremely helpful in, in in providing information and sharing information in this community. So access those resources. But I think in terms of, like, what makes you an experienced editor or producer, and I'm the same. I do I do both, and there's a considerable overlap, I think, always in those two things. Editing being more sort of cleaning up the, the, the soundscape and making sure everything sounds nice and take out the mouth clicks and the pops and the uhs and things like that. And then sound production, which is more uh, – and Anne, please jump in if I've got these definitions incorrect. But that's adding things like the sound effects and the music and the sweetening and, and that kind of stuff. So those are – they, there's a lot of overlap there, obviously. Mm-hmm. But when do you call yourself an experienced editor? Like, as soon as you have put something out there for people to comment on, you know, as soon as you've been vulnerable yeah. <laughs> to, the, to the vagaries of the internet, you know, you get, you got it, you get it, you get that title.
0: Exactly, exactly. And mm-hmm. that's the thing I really like about mm-hmm. podcast editing is there's a really big space for people who can just literally just cut stuff out at first. And then folks mm-hmm. that can go all the way to like massive soundscaping and 13 or 20 different tracks. I mean, there's a really big range of things that you can offer to your own projects and to clients. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to wait until you're at right. a super advanced, almost audio engineering level to jump in.
3: Right. I think, I, and I can't speak for all of us, but it's certainly for myself. You know, I have the luxury of this is both my job now and and my hobby. Mm-hmm. And so I have more time to spend learning these skills, because it's useful for me in professionally. Mm-hmm. And not everybody has that. A lot of people have full-time jobs, they have families, and they're podcasting on the weekends and in the evenings when they can squeeze out an hour yeah. here and an hour there. And that's always going to be the case. And, you know, yay you for, for taking that on, because that's a hell of a challenge. But I also think we need to look ahead a little bit in, in, in our space to recognize that we're becoming very interesting to some major players. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a lot more competition. Mm -hmm. And as that happens, it's going to upscale production values Mm -hmm. and, you know, being aware of that. And that not, doesn't, I'm not saying that to scare anybody, but you know, if you have the opportunity to learn how to, how to take that next step, you know, grab it, take it. Let's, let's keep the Indies, you know, keep the Indies competitive because it's, it's an important market. It's an important space for us to play in. and, and, uh, I think we need to keep it that way. Very,
0: very true. Well, that kind of organically brings us over to mentors. Um, Did any of you have any podcast editing mentors when you first started playing around with this? I'm seeing no's all around. Is that true? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: I, I think I don't have any direct mentors. I think because I already knew how to edit, but there are people in the space who are my, you know, Indirect yeah. mentors. Um, right. I fangirl <laughs> over certain people, and I I listen to their stuff. Going, that's cool. That's a yeah. really interesting thing that I would yeah. never think of doing. Um, there's one guy I do want to shout out, and I hope I ha- I pronounce his name correctly. Fred Greenhalge. Who does the Dark Tome and of Faye and Fiends? Fred is real interesting. He has innovated what he calls on location nice. recording. So if he has a scene that's taking place outside, he'll take a crew and mics and actors outside. And that's so, nobody that's does awesome. that. You know, you're recording. The idea is you, oh, we need yeah. it pristine and con- in a controlled environment. So we go into a studio and then we make it sound like it's outside by putting huh. all kinds of right. sound effects on it. He's doing, he, he doesn't do it all the time. He does have people in a studio, but he will sometimes take people out mm-hmm. and he will also go out and record his own sound effects that are organic. Like if he needs birds, he'll go in and walk in the woods and with a microphone. I can't do that. I do not have that equipment. I don't live mm-hmm. in that, I just would have <laughs> helicopter noise. The iPhone and, and helicopter. Whatever, but I'm, right. But I'm, <laughs> right. But I'm, I'm just fascinated mm-hmm. with that. And 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 because of that, his shows have a very unique sound that you do mm-hmm. not hear anywhere else. That's great. So he's, I guess, a mentor to me. Even though I cannot remotely replicate what he's doing, I just appreciate it.
2: Yeah, I, I would say there's a journalist. Not so. She's not an editor, podcast editor, but she's been my mentor uh, her name is chenai özdemir and she, she kind of really inspired me to create things creating media you know because she created her own uh, media platforms for years uh, she 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 founded a magazine here in the netherlands and that that urge that was for me what uh, helped me in the editing and creating podcasts uh, and to tell stories
3: Yeah, I I would agree with that, that that part of the mentoring that is sort of distant mentoring, remote mentoring, whatever it may be, is listening to other people doing similar to what I want to do and being like, oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Like, they expand my ideas of what's possible. And then, like, this community is incredibly approachable. You know, Sarah Ray Warner, you can go take classes from her. You can jump on her Facebook sessions. Like, these people are very giving. And if you ask them directly, like, I love this thing that you did chances are they'll tell you how they did it. So, you know, mm-hmm. there there are people that are willing to to mentor you if you ask, <laughs> you know. And I I just love the idea that I can listen to, you know, relativity or or one of these other shows that I really love and be like, "Oh, that is a really cool. I had I had not thought about having people behind a door sounding making conversation behind a door while my main characters are talking. Like, how do you how do you do that and make them sound a little bit muffled and lower and, you know, yeah just that kind of thing gives you inspiration to do more.
0: That's so true. Exactly. That's so true. So if I asked how many podcasts you guys had on your um on your podcaster, would it be more or less than 100?
1: Okay. It's less for me. Yeah. I don't I feel like I don't have a huge yeah. amount no. of time so I'd like to sample yeah. things. I'll listen to an episode of he, of this or that and I might really like it, but I just can't mm-hmm. listen to a whole lot. Mine is probably 30 35.
3: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm Podcast. about there too, just in, in, because of time.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, Jenna. me
2: too, about mm-hmm. 35, 40, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, I almost have 200, but a lot of them have pod faded. No, 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 a wow. lot of them have pod faded, mm. but I refuse to give up on them. Yeah. The other ones <laughs> I listen to, I read a lot of show notes now. Every, like the past mm. year, ever since I started editing yeah. more, oh. I listen less. So I, I will dive into the show notes first. And look mm. and say, okay, am I going to, li- I yeah. can't, I don't listen to every episode of every podcast, mm-hmm. which where I mm-hmm. used to try to, because I used to have time, because I could listen to podcasts while I was doing other stuff. Now, the other stuff is editing. So I can't do that
3: anymore. <laughs> yeah. One thing I really like about podcasting is because we do show notes and things like that, and because we trade names around, you can follow sound designers and sound editors and writers around, where I don't always know who mm-hmm. wrote that movie or who produced it or who directed it, nor do I often care, quite frankly. But with, with podcasting, I'm like, oh, I really like that show by this person. I know they also did this. like, uh-huh. So I'm going to go listen to that, too. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and it's great.
0: Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. Oh, my gosh. We have almost six minutes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say thank you, because I know people leave as soon as I say that word. So I'm so excited that everybody has been watching, (laughs) even though I just said it. (laughs) I'm so excited everybody's been watching during this and I appreciate the questions in the chat rooms and the cheers that we're getting over in there. That's been super inspiring. Um, If you like this panel, we have another one next week. It's on Tuesday. I will not do a time zone and drive you crazy with that, but you can go to (laughs) JeffFuchio.com forward slash geopaths podcasting. <laughs> so one more next week, and then we'll probably have some more happening in the fall. I can see this definitely happening again. The response to the panels has awesome. been fantastic, and I've had a blast doing these. Um, they are running on coffee and water and, and energy and and friendliness. But if you'd like to support us, so you're running on something else, we do have a Buy Me A Coffee <laughs> at buymeacoffee.com forward slash geopats. You can see it just above Anne. Uh And also please share if you can't make the event next week, please share it with someone that you think may want to come here. Um, the tickets are free and we're live streaming if we're not, we'll, we'll be on at least YouTube, possibly Facebook and Twitch. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, I'm figuring out the tech. <laughs> the the previous two panels have, we have the full live video like this one that you're watching, as well as the podcast episode that has edited down. Uh, they're available again on the same website. So you can watch or listen to either of those. Oh, my goodness. That is the end of my notes. That's amazing. So let's go around and let's tell everybody where they can find your goodies. Anne, can you start us off? Sure. Um, My show
1: is my website is CarlottaPodcast.com. All the episodes are there for all three seasons. Twitter is Carlotta Botox. It's B-E-A-U-T-O-X. And then Facebook and Instagram are Carlotta Podcast.
2: Uh, my show is uh, Not Loud Enough uh, with my co host Laura Pana. You can find us on the website migrationlab.org slash podcast and on social media NLE podcast Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter NLE podcast.
3: And we are at Oz9 OZ 9.com is our website. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at oz OZ9 nine, OZ9 nine podcast and all of most a lot of our characters are on Twitter too so you can follow the actual characters
0: fantastic <laughs> and I put the links in the YouTube and Facebook areas we Thank also you. have a playlist on the Geopets podcasting website we have a playlist of at least one episode from all of the panelists from this month Uh, either an episode that they worked on or are in or both (laughs) because we wear lots of hats in this world (laughs) all right um that's it thank you so much i am gonna say it now (laughs) thank you so much to our lovely panelists and to everybody who showed up in the chat room this has been a blast and i can't wait to see you all next week thank you thank you so
2: much
1: thank you it was super fun
0: thank you
2: thank you so much Yeah, great.
0: Thank you.